Yes, we run restaurants, but I want to let you in on a secret. We ain't selling food. If we were, we'd be out of business by the end of the month because our guests could easily get food at the supermarket for a fraction of the cost that we're charging them. No, what we're selling is an experience, but in fact, it goes even deeper than that. Stick around because on this week's episode, we're going to dig down and get into the psyche of our customers. We're going to talk all about how to not only give people what they want, but to give them what they need. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Now, each week I choose a different topic. We explore that topic. We pick it apart. Hopefully by the end we come across some useful insights and then we always finish up with an assignment, a short actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the concepts and ideas that we talk about here on the show because I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. This week, we're going to take a deep dive into how we sell the experience of dining in one of our restaurants and the work we're going to do here stacks right on top of the work we did in the very early episodes of this podcast. Now, I'll remind you that in episodes two through six, we talked all about the five pillars of marketing, and there was a workbook that went along with that. I know a lot of you out there have already gotten the download and done the exercises. In fact, I've heard from a bunch of you who have already told me how important those exercises were in helping you get really clear about what you're doing with your business. So I wanted to link to that once more. You're going to find the link in the show notes. And when you have time, go back and give those episodes a listen and do the exercises in the workbook if you haven't done them already. I think you'll find it gives you a good base of knowledge for everything else that we've been talking about here on the podcast. This week then, we're going to take a closer look at how we sell our restaurants. And to do that, I want to introduce you to a concept that psychologists talk about a lot. Now, I'm sure some of you out there are familiar with what's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. But in case you're not, Abraham Maslow, he was a, an American psychologist, a giant in the field through much of the 20th century. And in 1943, he published a paper titled A Theory of Human Motivation, in which he introduced his now famous hierarchy of needs. So what is that? It's a motivational theory that lays out a five-tier pyramid of human needs, and it says that needs lower down on the bottom must be satisfied before individuals can attend to needs higher up. Now, I've included a graphic in the show notes if you want to see it for yourself. Sometimes that helps kind of um, synthesize all of this information. But on the very bottom, you'll see the first of these levels are physiological needs. Now, these include things like air, water, food, shelter, clothing, sleep. Above that, the second level on the pyramid is labeled safety needs. Now, this includes personal security and employment and health and property. The third level up is love and belonging, and this refers to things like friendship and intimacy, family, and a sense of connection to our community. 
Esteem is the fourth level that includes respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, confidence, freedom. And then finally, on the very top, the fifth and final level is self-actualization, which Maslow defines as the desire to become the most that one can be. Now, he goes on to explain that the first four levels outline deficiency needs. So when these needs are unmet, he says, they can be highly motivating, which makes sense, of course, right? The longer a person goes without food, the more hungry they will become, the more they will have to solve that need. So again, Maslow published this theory in 1943, but just in the past 20 or 25 years have marketers really begun taking notice and applying that work, his work, to the work that we all do. Now, this pyramid is the key to so much of what we talk about in modern marketing, and whether you realize it or not, this pyramid is being used to market products to you, and you also use it yourself when marketing to your customers. You just don't realize it. But if we can be deliberate about it and use it in just the right ways, it can help you, yes, make more money, but it will also help you serve your audience in bold new ways. Now, for so many of us, our way of life is a luxury, right? Certainly for anyone fortunate enough to own a smartphone and to, let's say, have the time to listen to a podcast. I think we can all agree that our basic fundamental needs are being met. Those physiological needs, right? Like air, water, food, shelter, clothing. And the same is true, I think, with your customers. Now, let's go back to the question I posed at the very top of the show. What are we selling? And let's see if we can dig a little bit deeper. So sure, we're selling food and beverages, but we're also selling a service, right? Okay, so we're cooking the food and we're making the drinks and we're bringing everything to the guest and then clearing everything away from them. We're providing a comfortable room for them to enjoy the meal uh, with warm lighting and maybe good music. And that's all part of what they're paying for, right? So, okay, it's an experience, which is good because if our customers simply needed food, we have to assume they would take whatever was offered to them, right? I mean, if they were starving, if they had gone days without anything and you approached them with a bagged lunch, in that moment, they wouldn't care if the food was grilled or seared, whether it was organic, small batch, or whatever. They would be desperate for the food because food would mean survival. So when they come to your restaurant, they are not there for the food. They are not feeding themselves for survival. If so, right, they could easily certainly go somewhere that was number one cheaper and number two faster. You can walk into a quarter market or a fruit stand or a convenience store and get food faster than sitting down in a restaurant. Likewise, you could head to a supermarket and buy a can of beans for less than a dollar and be pretty full after you eat that can of beans. So our customers are obviously spending much more than that in our restaurants, right? Even if you just run a fast food restaurant, your customers are still spending six or seven or eight times as much as a can of beans to eat your food. Okay, so then what's going on? Modern marketing would say that it all goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have to understand what level our customers are on. What needs are you filling? And when you look at it that way, it has a lot to do with the difference between wants and needs. And almost everyone who has money is privileged enough to confuse the two. Needs are things like food, water, shelter, clothing, air to breathe. And everything above that on Maslow's pyramid can best be described as wants 
or desires, except humans are funny creatures as Maslow points out in that paper written nearly 80 years ago. Once their needs are met on one level, they become motivated by the needs on the next level and the next level and the next level. Okay, so what does this have to do with marketing your restaurant? Well, let me share a couple of examples and see if it helps clarify things. Now, let's think about some trendy new restaurant in downtown Manhattan. So they park a bouncer at the front door and a couple of attractive hostesses at the front podium. Why? They keep a crowd of people waiting at the bar. Why? They say they're full when they're obviously not. Why? They make it intentionally hard to get a table inside the restaurant. Why? It's because they're not selling food. What they're really selling is exclusivity or mystery or belonging. Because the people that get a table feel lucky. They feel special. They feel like they're on the inside. And that euphoria will color their experience. And the way they talk about that experience to their friends and colleagues. So again, people can get food faster. They can get food cheaper. Why would they waste time trying to score a reservation or wait patiently at the bar for 45 minutes beyond their reservation time? The trendy new restaurant is filling a need, just not a base level need. There are very different kinds of needs, right? As Maslow says, they're on a different level and they still can be just as powerful as those base level needs. They can be just as motivating. So that trendy restaurant knows their audience because a group of hip 28-year-old women are going to deal with that situation much differently than a group of, let's say, retired 68-year-old women. The two groups are going to view that experience through very different lenses. The retirees are going to complain about having to wait around or, or having to stand by the bar with their drinks in their hands. They're not in need of status recognition, or rather, if they are, that need gets filled in a different way than with the group of young ladies. So the trendy new restaurant knows their crowd and is catering to a very specific audience. That restaurant is serving the needs of that very specific audience and really no one else. Likewise, the fancy steakhouse with the dark lighting, the outrageous prices and the stuffy surroundings, they're not selling food, they're selling status. When a guy makes a reservation there for a client dinner, he's signaling something to that client. He's saying, I can afford this. Your business is worth this expense. I belong here and therefore you belong here. And status, you'll come to realize, is a very powerful motivator. The steakhouse is filling a specific need for a specific audience. Switching gears, let's look at Portello's out in uh, Chicago. So they're a, a hot dog restaurant that looks like it could be used as a set for the musical Grease. It's like 1957 threw up in there. It's kitschy and family friendly with, with old doo-wop songs piped in through the speakers. It's fun, it's friendly, it's relaxed. They're not selling food, they're selling comfort. And more than that, they're selling nostalgia. And nostalgia you will also find can be a powerful motivator. Think about when you vacation at the same beach town you went to when you were young, or when you take your kids to their first baseball game to cheer for the team that you grew up cheering for, or when you go back to the restaurant you always used to go to with your parents. That is nostalgia. Humans do things for all kinds of different reasons, and most of them make no sense on the surface. I mean, why do I take my wife out for a nice meal for our anniversary? We've been married for 14 years, and I'm not courting her anymore. And if I was trying to prove to her that I care about her, that I care about our marriage, 
I could do more responsible things with that money than blow it on a fancy dinner, right? I could invest it or I could put it into savings or whatever. And yet my desire, my need to treat her to a nice meal, the need to pause for a moment and celebrate our relationship is very real. So people dine at your restaurant for very specific, very deep-seated reasons. And it's important that you start thinking about what those reasons are. What needs are you filling for your audience? Now, let's shift again. Let's think about this yet another way. Dinner at your restaurant is an experience. We've talked about that, right? So the food is not the product. The experience is the product. Just like a bar of soap or a pair of jeans or a rock concert, those things are all products. So let's think about the dining experience in that way. Now, marketers will often talk about the three levels of a given product, and they are, number one, the truth about the product, right? Now, this is the stuff that everyone agrees on, meaning the size, the weight, the color, the feel, the functionality. Number two, then, the story about the product, right? So what do we believe about the product? And this can be largely subjective, but this is uh, whether the, the product smells better than the leading competitor uh, or, or some of the details about how we sell it, right? It's organic, it's local, it's whatever. Then, number three, the needs the product fills. And this has nothing to do with how it's made or what it does. Instead, we've got to drill down to something much deeper. This product reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of summers on the beach, of running around with my friends on a hot day. And so Rita's water ice, or Rita's Italian ice as it's now known, was born in the mid-1980s by a guy trying to recapture his childhood when he would run around the neighborhood pool in northeast Philly on a hot day with his friends with a water ice in his hands. Again, I'm going to remind you to go back and listen to episodes two through six of this podcast, which is where we talk all about the five pillars of marketing. Remember, there's a workbook that goes along with those episodes, and I've included the link to that workbook in the show notes. Go download your own copy. The exercises in that workbook will help you better understand what we're talking about in today's episode, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, and, and it will help you to do this exercise that we're talking about. And see, as it turns out, this whole exercise really has a lot to do with the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell about ourselves. The things we value are evident in the choices we make. By that I mean by the things we buy, by the places we go, by the things we experience. Now, a few weeks ago I talked all about my trip to Paris and it was everything I could have hoped for, right? But here's what I didn't tell you. My wife and I are not rich. I don't make any money from this podcast, and we work very hard for the money we do have. My business provides a, a good base of income, but it takes a lot of work to maintain. Still, we wanted to travel, and we knew budget would be the real concern. So as I was planning the trip, I kept my eye out for cheap flights and then jumped when I saw a great rate to Paris. And then instead of booking a hotel room, we decided to stay in an Airbnb, which we got for an absolute steal. Again, we don't have a lot of money, but I wanted to make travel a priority. And so the only way that was going to happen was to find great deals. I'm proud of that fact. And it was part of the story I told both to myself and to others about that Christmas trip to France. And we just booked a trip to Spain for the end of the summer. And again, we found a super cheap flight and we're scouring the internet now for cheap places to stay. It's what we have to do to make travel a priority for our family. We can't do fancy meals every night. We can't do luxury hotels, but we do get to travel. We get to see the world. 
A lot of people travel, but some people stay at the Four Seasons. Others stay at the Hilton. Others stay at a hostel. And then some people, like me, will book an Airbnb. Each product offers something different, and the reasons why people buy a given product differs greatly. So my basic first-level needs are being met, right? Housing, clothing, food, water, air, check. On the second level, safety. So personal safety, check. Financial security, check. Health, check. Go up one more to the third level. Friendship, family, love, intimacy, belonging, all check. Then up on the fourth level, achievement, status, recognition, mastery. And those are the needs being filled by my trip to Paris. I want to see the world and I want my son to see the world and I want to be able to vacation together as a family. And I think I want my friends and family to be a little bit jealous. I want recognition for accomplishing something like this. And I set out to save the money to be able to travel and I did it. That's all about my need for achievement. So really, I wanted to see the city from the inside, to taste the food, to walk the streets, get to see a different way of life. And none of that makes any sense from an evolutionary perspective until you view it through the lens of Maslow's pyramid. And so what about your restaurant? Why do people dine there? What is it you're really selling? If we're not selling food and drink, if really we're selling an experience, what experience are we selling? And if we're filling a need, what need are we filling for our audience? There's no wrong answer and plenty to choose from, right? Think about it. Is it security, status, belonging, uh, luxury, nostalgia, curiosity, confidence, respect, recognition, exclusivity, prestige, achievement, comfort, and the list goes on and on and on. The point of this exercise is to get you to think about your business a bit differently, to shift your perspective away from the daily grind. Again, there are a lot of places where people can dine. Why do they choose your restaurant over another? Or rather, why do they choose another restaurant over yours? Now again, this lesson is meant to build on those early lessons from this podcast, episodes two through six. Uh, it goes right in tandem with the workbook, The Five Pillars of Marketing. Once you understand your audience, you can tailor a product to better serve that audience, one that fits into a story that they tell about themselves. What deeper needs are you filling? Answer that and you'll start to see so many more opportunities of how to better serve your audience. And with that comes more business, which means more revenue, which is, of course, the whole reason we talk about all this stuff in the first place. So for your assignment this week, I want you to spend just 15 minutes and come up with three potential answers to this question. What need are you filling? So for that trendy new restaurant, it's probably exclusivity. They want to show that that this thing isn't for just anyone. It's just for a select group. Uh, it's then probably about belonging, right? People want to feel like they're on the inside, like they're part of something special. And then maybe it's also curiosity. Some people just want to know what all the buzz is about. They want to see for themselves. They want to uh, see what's behind the curtain. So if that's what you're selling, right? Exclusivity, belonging, and curiosity, you're going to market the restaurant very differently than you would another kind of restaurant. This restaurant, this trendy new restaurant, might not have windows, right? You want to keep the outsiders on the outside, so there's no chance for people to peek in. You're going to put a bouncer at the front. You're going to put a cold, aloof hostess uh, at the front podium. Um, you're going to keep people waiting for their table. Uh, maybe your website is just going to be one page with a just an email address to get reservations. You're not going to list hours, no location, no phone number, no pictures, no other information. All of that information is going to be reserved for the insiders. Outsiders are kept shut out. 
That's how you'd market that kind of restaurant. You'd market a different restaurant totally differently. Now, I hope you see how this stuff matters. I hope you see how it builds on the other lessons from earlier in this podcast. Again, I'll say it. You can click the link in the show notes to get the workbook for the five pillars of marketing. This week's exercise stacks right on top of those uh, earlier assignments. If you have questions about any of this, please feel free to uh, to reach out to me directly. Chip at chipclose.com. That's C H I P. K-L-O-S-E.com. And if you got something out of this one, please share it with someone else uh, who might like it. That's the best way that these ideas spread by word of mouth, one person at a time. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. I know there are a lot of great podcasts out there, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen into this one. Have a great week, and I will see you next time.